Kia ora e hoa no mai hare mai, welcome to the Femporium, your one-stop shop for all things femme in sci-fi and fantasy literature. <sighs> I did it again, I did it again, I was doing so well and I was like onto it with my content, I was onto it with my reading schedule and my recording schedule and my editing and it was going well and then I fucking, I started studying. I can't remember if I said uh, at any point in the last episode or previous episodes that this was happening. It it kind of happened really quickly. But um, yeah, I have gone back to university. I'm doing my master's degree. And post-grad study is a time suck. Um, A valuable one, a worthwhile one, but it is very, very time-consuming. So I am very, very sorry. I owe my Patreon supporters a bunch of content and it is coming I promise I can't believe that I still have any patreon supporters left at this point to be honest also Katie if you're listening I owe you a refund so please send me a message on patreon and I will arrange that Um, I'm also going to make some changes have made some changes to my patreon tiers uh, to make this workload a little bit more manageable I um yeah just need, I need to just make some tweaks, but I, I have a bit of a, a slightly more manageable timetable this semester, at least at this stage, so I should be able to catch up on some things. Um, but without further ado, let's get into it. I think this is going to be a relatively short episode, so we'll just crack in um, both to this episode and a delicious pickle beer, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of ASMR for a second. Wait, wait for Yum. Delicious. Yum. Oh my god, that's so good. Right. So, today we are talking about The Wintersmith. It was first published in 2006, so I would have been like 15 or 16 the first time I read it, um, and this has been the first time that I've reread it since then. So, it was like, I, <clears throat> I don't really remember pretty much anything that happened in this book. I was like, there's, there's a winter guy. That's, that's kind of all I remember from this book. So, so it was, it was pretty much like a, it was almost a fresh read for me for this one. So right at the very beginning, um, Tiffany's talking about cackling. And I think we mentioned cackling in the last episode. Um, but there was just this sort of just like a little bit to unpack with that. And it like the way that it was talked about in this case and it felt very relevant right now and we'll get to that in a second but so so like witches they're always watching out for it right but they don't really talk about it and it kind of reminded me of like mental illness in a little bit of a way like it's not really something we're getting better at it but quite often just like society in general we're not super great at talking about it and even like on an individual level we're not always good about talking about our mental health even though it's something that we're all aware of we all have it but yeah, so cackling is, <laughs> like I said, it's a little bit different, um, but it's, it's kind of like losing your marbles and it is, it's the result of, in the case of witches, living alone for a really long time and dealing with everyone else's problems and just bit by bit kind of losing your grip a little bit on reality and um, 
being objective uh, about some things, I guess. And the way that witches go about preventing it is by regularly visiting, visiting, visiting each other and checking in on one another. And it made me think of COVID lockdowns, you know? Like, we, we did a hard lockdown here, but it was short and people definitely seemed to be getting like a little bit batty um, in isolation. And it's kind of hard to know what it's been like in other countries because they didn't, like, you know, not everyone took the same approach that we did. In fact, very few places took the same approach that we did as quickly and as early as we did um, here in New Zealand. And so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of one thing to sort of, you know, observe the the content that people are creating now while they've been in lockdown and creating content about being in lockdown and kind of just like watching people because, you know, because of social media through Instagram, through Twitter, people have been pretty open about a lot of things about what it's been like being overseas. But we just, we don't know what the long-term effects of that are going to be. And we're not going to know for quite a while, but it just, yeah, really like the, the way that they were talking about cackling, and how you, know, you just how you go crazy from not being in contact with other humans just made me think of yeah the lockdowns and and it's really sad it is it's it's a sh- it, it was shitty for us like i ha- i have a pretty comfortable living situation and it was weird it was a very very strange time and yeah, I hope I, I do hope that in those countries where they've been in and out of lockdown a lot more than we have and for a lot longer than we have, um, I really hope that those sort of flow-on effects aren't too severe. Um, hopefully they're not on a par with um, with cackling. But, um, but yeah, so that was just a thing that, like, right out the gate, I was like, oh, man, this is, like, really relevant right now. <laughs> relevant to life. Um but back to Tiffany. So she's living with a new witch now. Um, uh, she's living with... Oh, God. Hang on a second. I've just gone and fucked up my notes. I'm trying a new note format. And um, I think I've just... I think I've done goofed it. Okay. Right. So... <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, I figured out what the problem was. 100% human error anyway so tiffany she's living with a new witch called miss treason and she is super old and she seems quite batty and girls never really stay very long with her because she's so old and batty um but she's cool she's like a little bit creepy i like her so her and tiffany she's like come with me we're gonna go watch the dance well it's like the when not the winter solstice like the one at the end of autumn so switching or like i guess end of summer summer solstice autumn equinox i don't know it's time for the seasons to change um so they go to watch uh the dark morris in the woods and tiffany is told to only watch don't talk don't join in so she joins in and (laughs) the wintersmith that is old man winter is quite taken with tiffany so Miss, um, fuck, what's her name? Miss Treason <laughs> asks her, you know, she tells her off and she's like, oh my God, you stupid disobedient child. She asks her why she joined the dance and she's like, because there was space. Um, and Miss Treason's like, that bitch, that space was for summer. That space was not for you. 
And I've talked about safe spaces before and spaces that are just for women, I think in the last episode, and sort of just to tack onto that a little bit, um, be aware of the spaces that you occupy, particularly if you have some inherent privileges you need to be aware of when you're taking up a space that maybe isn't actually for you, and be prepared to step aside. I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it again and again and again. It's, it's probably going to come up a lot, to be honest. So... You know, there's a lot of things to the, like, what are we going to do? The Wintersmith is, like, noticing Tiffany. He's not even a real person. He's kind of just an entity. He's just, like, a, a spirit thing. He's not even really a god. He's just this thing. Um, so <laughs> Miss Reason tells Tiffany to look up this illustration of Summer and Winter, and it describes Summer as a tall, beautiful, blonde woman, which, to the short brunette Tiffany, looks immediately distrustful and... <laughs> relatable um we've we've grown beyond that now we're, we're adults now but you know very still relatable to to young tori i think this is when we first run into boffo is in this book um <clears throat> and like i i love it definitely partial to a little bit of boffo myself and they, and, and this kind of yeah this book really like leans into it and like the importance of boffo um and boffo is um it's a little bit of, it's about stereotypes. Um, and basically just playing them to your advantage. Um, it's around like expectations and looking the part and witches do this to construct their own mythology around themselves. Um, which I particularly enjoyed. Um, Tiffany and Roland's relationship is kind of like a bit of a thing here as well. Like they kind of talks about, uh, sort of, they were kind of just, like, thrown together. They didn't really have anyone else, and that's kind of the basis of their whole relationship. Like, Roland can't really have proper friends because he's the Baron's son, and Tiffany had friends, but now she's different because she's a witch, and the pointy hat means something, and so, yeah, it was just kind of really interesting to, like explore sort of the reasons that people come together and the, the different kinds of relationships that people form and why and and even like knowing this like Tiffany's fully aware of why they are they're not even like they're not even really like they're not dating properly and she's like well, she knows that there's no, there's not and she constantly denies that there are any kind of feelings there and like she, clearly she has some feelings for him because she gets very jealous frequently, but um, yeah, it's just, it's funny. Like, you know, you, you can rationalize things. You can be like, oh, you know, it's not even like we really have anything in common. Like, you know, he's not even, like, I don't even really like him that much, but also there's something there and I can't really explain why I hate this girl, but I do. And it was just very, very, um, real, <laughs> very human, and I think probably most people can kind of relate to, to that sort of thing on some level. Um, there was a bit that I wasn't really expecting as well. So the, like the Feagles, you know, they live in their little hole in the chalk, um, and they're worried about Roland and the fact that he'll be inheriting soon. He reads a lot, which they don't trust, and they're worried that once he inherits the wee bitty papers that says he owns the land, he might think the land belongs to him. And these feagles might be thieves, generally speaking, but they understand that land isn't something you own, it's something that you look after. 
Um, and as someone who's, <laughs> whose ancestors were colonized and had pretty much all of their land confiscated and were kicked off of their homes and um, and all that, all that good triggering stuff. Um, this was like very surprising. I wasn't expecting to see this here. I totally forgot it from the last time I read it. And to be fair, like at 15 or 16, I wasn't even really sort of cognizant of, of the concept of land theft and land back. Um, even though it was part of my history, I hadn't really engaged with it at that stage. I, I wasn't even ready to <laughs> until sort of the last like five or six years. Um, but yeah, that was that was a very interesting uh, thing to see in this book, in particular. Um, yeah, um, I talked about <clears throat> Mrs. Erwig or Arwidge in the last episode. That's uh, the witch who wants to do wizard magic, and I had to laugh when I got to this part of the Wintersmith where it says Granny Weatherwax always said that what Mrs. Erwig did was wizard magic with a dress on. Just kind of how I described it last time. I was like, huh, yeah, 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 ruined it now. Yeah. Um. Anyway, her student started a coven, and the girls like did some occult things to keep her placated. But mostly, they just went to see each other because who else would understand the things that they need to blow off steam about, you know? And maybe even without realizing it, they they've started the tradition of checking in on one another in case of cackling. So, the wintersmith, you know, he's, he's, like, paying attention to Tiffany, and he kind of, like, takes his fixation with her to a new level, and he's made all of the snowflakes into little Tiffany's. Um, anyway, Tiffany meets with the coven, no one's noticed the snowflakes that look like her, and she's kind of bummed about it. And I feel called out. Was Terry Pratchett actually a teenage girl at some point? Because... she can't bring it up obviously like she's like oh my god this is terrible like i like i don't want this attention but also this is kind of cool and like i don't want to tell people about it because it looks like i'm bragging but i also kind of do want people to notice like a little bit um so she it's just oh classic it's a it's do do teenage boys go through this as well do they have the same thing like a cool thing has happened, or something that they think is cool, and they're like, oh, I don't want to, like, bring it up, because it sounds like I'm bragging, but also I totally want people to notice. But I kind of don't want to answer all the questions that are going to come with it as well. Do, do, do boys have that too? Someone please tell me. It would be really great to know if this is, like, a universal experience. Um, so, yeah, so she can't bring it up with the coven. So she just tells Petulia when they're alone. Tiffany is flattered and all, but concerned that it's going to escalate. Because men don't know how the fuck to behave themselves. Little, like, I guess, like, ugh. Okay, personal anecdote. Um, it's sort of relatable and on topic. Um, when I was, I'll say, like, 16, maybe 17. 15? 15 or 16. Anyway, I was a teenager. And this slightly older guy started paying attention to me. And I was like, mm. Not interested in this guy at all. Absolute creep. Total skis. And I knew this. Like, my best friend had previously dated him. So I knew exactly what a skis he was. 
And I was and it was this weird kind of ugh, like I was not used to getting attention from boys or men. And so I was kind of like, oh, I, I, I kind of, I like getting attention. This is kind of nice. I really like this. I'm not used to it, but also I wish it was someone else. Like, I don't, I don't want attention from this specific person. Uh, pass. Please and thank you. Someone else. Anyone? <laughs> I just, ugh. And thankfully I have fantastic friends. Um, one of my best friends at the time, who was still one of my best friends, she called me out on it because I, I did, I said something to her and she was like, you know, I think you actually kind of like the attention. And I was like, okay, that's, that's fair. That's a fair call. And yes, I kind of do, but I would like it more if it was from someone who's not a gross creep. So like it's you know this isn't this is not an uncommon thing that happens though like men either like never learned how to have a grown-up relationship and therefore women their own age don't want anything to do with them or they deliberately pursue younger girls who don't know any better and they lavish attention on them and make them feel special and promise them the world in the hopes of manipulating them like oh look what i've done for you and like ugh, i mean it's, it's a bit of both though right like it's, it's kind of both and it's so frustrating because it happens all the fucking time. And it's... Ugh. Anyway, so like, you know, Tiffany tells all this to her friend and, and Petulia's like, maybe he's never actually met a girl before. And I think this is kind of the case in reality too, a little bit. Like, some of these men have never met girls and women on equal terms. They've never considered girls and women their peers only as potential fuck material. So when they find themselves maybe having some feelings, they don't know. They're like, oh, because uh, uh, they, they don't see them as people. <laughs> it's just, how do I put my dick in this? How do I do that? Um, be a total creep. <laughs> mm. Oh my god, sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> I just, um, I just took a drink and it kind of went down the wrong side. So, uh, I just, I just need a second. Whew! I just saw my whole life flash before my eyes. Okay, <clears throat> carrying on. So, <laughs> um, Miss Treason is dying. She's preparing for her going away party uh, which which I think is kind of it's sort of the thing that I would kind of like to do so witches know when they're gonna die so they have like a little a little party because they're like you know why why would I not want to be at my own funeral I want to be there I want to take part in things and like sure why not <laughs> kind of for it and so the wintersmith makes Tiffany um some ice roses in the garden while she and Petulia are prepping for the for the party. During said party, uh, senior witches are discussing who should take over from Miss Treason. Nanogramma gets very upset at Tiffany because her name has been thrown in the ring and she thinks Tiffany's trying to steal the cottage from her. Tiffany insists that she's had nothing to do with what's going on and she doesn't want the cottage. She wants to learn witching and then go home. 
But Tiffany also knows she's achieved a hell of a lot more than Anna Grammer has. Like, she's done things that even senior witches wouldn't dare do alone. She may not want the cottage, you know, but she's probably more than capable of running it. And, like, we talked about, um, we talked about different cultural attitudes to death in the Alana episodes. Uh, and I think this is a really good example of having a different approach to death, you know, like, witches don't shy away from it. They just have a different relationship with it. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. So... Miss Treason's about to die, right? And she just goes, like, full boffo on her death. So, like, people turn up to see her die. Because she's been, like, she's she's fucking old. Like, she's been there for a long, 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 long time. And people don't really believe that she's actually going to die. And so people turn up to make sure. Um, and she's already prepped her own grave, which is, like, very boffo. Um, and she, you know, she's just a... She's a consummate performer right till the very end. You should read it because it's a really lovely, it's a lovely, lovely chapter. But she says to Tiffany, we make happy endings day to day. But you see, for the witch, there are no happy endings. There are just endings. And it was really sad. But like, yeah. Um, and so... Tiffany, oh, this I put a little quote in here, another quote in here. Tiffany sat on a stump and cried a bit because it needed to be done. Then she went and milked the goats because someone had to do that too. Because that's what a witch does. A witch does what needs doing. That is essentially like the definition of a Discworld di- di- ditch. Discworld witch. Good grief. My God. <clears throat> so the Wintersmith is just like continuing to escalate and just turn up where he's not wanted and it's really sad this bit just like fucking breaks my heart tiffany's you know she doesn't understand why he's following her and why he's doing all this and she's like i didn't mean to make you think oh god you didn't do anything wrong not really like she, she you know she's like she she tried to be nice and doesn't understand why he's still pursuing her and it's because men are gross and don't know how to behave. Because he thinks he's in love. He doesn't know what the fuck that means. And then the Feagles are trying to, like, <laughs> understand what's going on. Because they follow her everywhere. They watch her, watch her over her. And they, like, rob anybody who's trying to explain to them about, like, romance. And the way he explains it to them is... It's the way a boy... It's the way... It's a way the boy can get close to the girl without her attacking him and scratching his eye out. And I was like... Oh god. Like oh god. Oh okay. Okay, okay, sure, fine, whatever. Yep. Yep. Okay. And so like now that Miss Treason's dead, Tiffany has to go and stay with someone else for a while until they can find her sort of a more permanent situation. And she goes to stay with Nanny Og, um, who's pretty funny. Uh and they're they're out like doing the rounds and she um they're talking about like you know how whether tiffany enjoys like what she's doing and everything and she's like oh you know i like i enjoy doing the medicine stuff i enjoy mixing up the mixing up the herbal stuff and she says oh good good with the herbs are you she goes no i'm very good with the herbs if i didn't know i was good with herbs i'd be stupid and i was like yes bitch know your worth know your skills very good um and this <laughs> okay this is like not really relevant to the story, but like it was a thing that that made me smile and, and I really enjoyed. Um, Sotiri coming in with the uh, stop gendering color. 
there's like a, just there's like some kids playing in the snow. They're like a snowball fight or something. And he's describing one of them, and it's like the third and smallest child who might have been the younger boy or the younger girl, but who was spherical with so many layers of clothing that it was quite impossible to tell. It did have a pink woolly hat, but that didn't mean anything. And I was like, oh, good. Getting it out there. Colors don't have gender, FYI. Can think everything with the Wintersmith continues to escalate. And now Tiffany has started like getting some powers of the summer goddess because like she took the summer goddess's place and the dance and and because the wintersmith thinks that she's the summer lady now and so that all that is kind of just like turning her into the summer lady a little bit um and so she's kind of like getting some of her powers um and because of that it means that she can kind of start to see some like other powerful beings and she meets this goddess Anoya. I think she's the goddess of things stuck in kitchen drawers. Um, she, so they're having like a nice wee chat. And she says to Tiffany, I used to be a volcano goddess. It was good work apart from the screaming. And the god of storms was always raining on my lava. That's meant for you, dear. They rain on your lava. And it's true. Like, I mean, we've all been there, right? Just, I, like, I know this is a thing that lots of people experience, but I I, I feel like it might be particularly a thing for probably women in general where people are just constantly trying to tone you down <laughs> it's, I, I I think this is probably a very 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 common experience for women all kinds of women where like you just you constantly feel like you're just a bit too much for people right like people are always saying like, oh my god why do you have to be so loud or why do you have to be so slutty why do you have to like be so aggressive and it's like why do why do you have a problem with it why can't i just why is me being too much anything sounds more like a you problem than a me problem and it's just like yeah women are guilty of doing it to each other but i feel like it's just so much fucking men being like please minimize yourself for my comfort no shan't shan't do it <laughs> this <laughs> i don't know you guys have probably seen it but there's like this comic strip of a of a mermaid just sitting on a rock doing her thing and the sailor is like i don't like what you're doing stop doing the thing and the mermaid's just like i will increase the fucking thing and this is basically how i feel anytime i get the vibe that someone wants me to like tone it down i'm like mm. I don't think I'm going to do that. I might just get a bit louder and I might get a bit more sweary and I might just get my tits out a little bit more than I did before. And I'm going to make my hair even frizzier and bigger and huger. Deal with it. Anyway. Um, so she faces the Wintersmith. Um, that's Tiffany. Faces the Wintersmith a few more times and there's some more stuff with Anagramma. Uh, and... There's like a side adventure with the Feagles taking Roland to rescue Summer from the underworld. Um, and and Tiffany figures out how to banish the Wintersmith and Roland brings back Summer and the day is saved, yada yada yada. There's not really um, any further plot points that I wanted to talk about all that much in this book. Um, no, no specific things. Um, but it was like, it's kind of a frustrating book to read because <laughs> there's, there's this young girl she makes a simple mistake. She behaves like a young girl. 
she does something that she was maybe told not to do but it's like actually like ultimately a pretty harmless thing like oh no no one died she just fucking danced she's you know she's a teenager teenagers rebel teenagers do things without thinking and they should be able to make those mistakes safely you know <laughs> but she you know she makes a simple mistake and some creepy old man takes an interest in her and as a result um instead of rallying around her and like pulling their strength to protect her as best they can the the people who should be looking out for her like there's there's kind of just like a lot of earthy chuckling and oh boys hey what are you gonna do (laughs) there's this huge power imbalance and the general attitude is just that oh she has to deal with it herself like you know they're like but i did help you i distracted him didn't i and like well hope she figures it out she's a smart girl i'm sure she'll be fine right it's it's just really frustrating like why aren't you helping her more she is a teenager yes she's a very smart and capable teenager but still a teenager and she shouldn't have to deal with this shit alone she should be able to make some mistakes safely like it's making mistakes is how you fucking learn like I have no idea if any of this was, like, deliberate on Sir Terry's part, but considering his stories are so heavily satirical and often dripping with socio-political commentary, I have to assume I'm at least close with this. (laughs) But this whole book just felt like it was about, you know, like, the idea that girls mature earlier and more quickly than boys. When the reality is that, like, actually we just hold young girls and women to a far higher standard of behavior and morality while expecting basically nothing of cis men and boys it's not i like i'm not saying anything new or radical here it's like it's you know it's that's what happens so that's yeah that's 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 everything that i wanted to say about this book um while it was a frustrating read i did enjoy revisiting that it's interesting to kind of I really enjoy rereading things from my teenage years and being like, huh, maybe that made more of an impression on me than I realized or appreciated at the time. But yeah. So next episode is I Shall Wear Midnight. And then, so my partner just walked in and completely disrupted the recording. Somehow he manages to always do this. Walks in while I'm recording and I'm like, what? you hardly ever come home in the middle of the day and then on a day that I'm recording you're just like oh hi just stop again just fuck off fuck off um anyway I that I mean it took him like 20 minutes to do what he was gonna do and now I've completely forgotten what I was saying before I paused the recording and now I don't know what I was talking about I think I was wrapping up yeah. Wrapping up. Jesus, what a fucking mess. Okay. Please do follow me on the Twitters. It is... Oh, fuck, I can't even remember my handle off the top of my head right now. That's... Oh, God. I'm gonna... F- at fem underscore podcast. F-E-M-M-E underscore podcast. Please follow me on Twitter and tell me when um, when I'm behind on things. Call me out. 
please. Hold me to account. Uh, I started an Instagram account. I let me see. What did I call that one? God, I actually just have fucking brain worms today. Oh, it's the same. <laughs> oh, I managed to do the, uh, the same handle. I managed to get consistency across my social media platforms. On Instagram, fem underscore podcast. F-E-M-M-E underscore P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Join me, will you? And tell me when I'm being a dick. Tell me when I'm behind on content. Because the university brainworms are getting to me. Just a tiny bit. Um, did I say what we're doing next time? I mean, it's the next book in the series. It's I Shall Wear Midnight. And then Shepherd's Crown. And then we'll be done with Tiffany. And then we'll move on to something else. Um, I'm going to... I do have, have a couple of anthologies to read. So I'm thinking... I'm thinking... I'm going to do some short story episodes um, for the Patreon peoples by way of apology. Um, but yeah, so thanks for being so patient with me. Uh, I do not deserve you all. You're very wonderful. Okay, uh, okay thanks, bye!